Welcome to the Ritz-Carlton Cancun, everybody. Welcome uh, to Friday. It's, um, what day is it? It's the 19th of February. We, we had a real nice hot breakfast this morning. Got out of the shower. Pretty much out of clothes. Um, but for fun reasons. Um, what's up with you? Not, not a whole lot going down here. What's up with you? Uh, pretty much the same. Not a whole lot going down here. Um, just for everybody that knows, uh, Matt is currently stuck in a snowpocalypse. Who? Uh, you or me? You. Oh. Well, oh. well both okay. of, we both are, but we haven't <laughs> lost power. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys understand that winterizing isn't that does isn't really a bad thing it's just something you have to do right we're not afraid of federal regulators because we're not trying to line our pockets with the citizens uh electric bill money which by the way is going up to around fifteen thousand like dollars a week i think or something i saw some some weird statistic about how they're price gouging um electricity and gas right now oh so it's really cool yeah Things are real yeah, cool down here in Texas. Literally very cool. <laughs> so, Matt, I want you to, because um, this is a, a spur of the moment recording. Uh, this is outside of our normal schedule. Right. Um, because shit hath gone haywire and we finally got you back online. Um, mm-hmm. Matt, for those of you who don't know, Matt Butterfield was stuck without the internet consistently for a while. No, no Matt, internet. For three days, yeah, no internet, no electricity for three days. Um, we had water, but our cold water froze, so we only had like scalding hot water, which was kind of weird. Um, hey, you just put it in a pot, take it outside, bring it right back in, you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like <laughs> the end of the world, the water thing wasn't the end of the world, but um. Man, uh, let me tell you, dude, when it's three degrees outside and you have no way to heat your home, that shit sucks. Oh, yeah. That's, um, mm. and your home is not insulated or built or prepared at all for any, for extreme winter weather. That's just like, there's, uh, ew, fuck, that shit sucks. I almost said there's no amount of privilege that can guard you from it, but um, that would be a lie because uh, if you lived in Highland Park or Preston Hollow, or uh, Castle Hills, any of the other super rich neighborhoods in Dallas, um, you 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 were plenty protected. You you, you never lost power once. Downtown so thank Austin. God George W. Bush wasn't uncomfortable for a few hours, right? Yeah. Downtown Austin, Westlake Hills, River Oaks, West University Place, all the fancy top tier neighborhoods in Texas didn't lose power. Did not lose power. And it was funny. I saw there's this uh, woman that I follow. I'm not going to, I'm kind of bitching about something I saw, so I'm not going to out her. But um, she, she's very often very, uh, it's kind of interesting. She's always posting different uh, lists for white people to read about how, you know, how we should watch our language and stuff. And it's not all, I know I see you rolling your eyes, but it's not always bad. Some of it's good. I've learned a lot about ableist language which is interesting reading it. But then she posted this thing about how 
what what they're saying in, about Highland Park isn't true. And I just wanted to be like, <laughs> this is the hill you're going to right now. <laughs> you're like, you're always, educate. you're always standing up for everyone that's lesser than, and you think that Highland Park is being targeted right now. And you think that anybody in Highland Park gives a shit that they're being targeted right now. Oh, hell no. They don't give a fuck, dude. They don't even, they don't even see it. Right. (laughs) They they don't see all you guys hating on them. That doesn't matter to them. Right. (laughs) They don't, they're not friends with us on Facebook. (laughs) No, they, they know that everybody hates them and they're totes fine with that. Well, yeah, they don't even think about like they don't even sort of worry about it, think about it. It's like, I guess, I guess some people lost power in University Park, which is the park city just north of Highland Park next to SMU. So I guess that was the outlier of people who lost power, and then people who live near Highland Park but on the east side of seventy five also lost power. But it's like, yeah, we know. Everyone knows what neighborhood we're talking about. It's Highland Park. They're not missing oh, yeah. any electricity. It's Jerry Jones. It's George W. Bush. It's you know the Real Housewives of Dallas. Like 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 that's who's there. We can make fun of them. We can call out the inequality. <laughs> we can, you know, it's totally safe. Also, this is all and and to be fair to to us to those of us that were making fun of them a few days went by and it's over. And now I'm barely talking about it anymore, except for on my podcast. But, um, well, you got to talk about it on the podcast because it's just so ridiculous. Like, how do they, like, they say that they're doing rolling, um, blackouts, but it's just like, so obviously not true that like, like they're not doing rolling blackouts. No, not (laughs) at all. But I will say this, um, and this is a hill that I'll absolutely die on. Um, you know me. It's uh, capitalism, football, wrestling. That's my three things in life that I love the most in that order. So you got to keep Preston Hollow's power on because uh-huh. if Roger Staubach freezes to death, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> that man is worth more than you and the rest of the city of Dallas put together. <laughs> Roger the Dodger, baby. He was. The, I'm the obviously joking, seven, right? Yeah, he's a. Uh, they used to call him Captain America. Oh wow, that's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I, you, I, you know, I'm obviously joking. I have to clarify that I'm joking to the city of Dallas Parody. before we get canceled. Parody. Um, <laughs> but I do love Roger. Um, shout out to Rogers. Hey, actually, if I'll just divert for a second, a little bit of positive Cowboys news. I want to give a big shout out to Drew Pearson, legendary wide receiver from the seventies. Finally got into the hall of fame. Hey, Oh, Oh, that the guy origin- has just been bitching and bitching and bitching about not being in the hall of fame for years and years and years. I literally muted Drew Pearson on my Twitter feed. Because I was so tired of reading about how he got into the Hall of Fame finally. It's like, cool. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not wrong. He should have been put into the Hall of Fame along way before he was. But also, like, hey, man, this is not a real problem that I give a shit about. Why are you on the evening news talking about this? What? Like, like I don't know. 
the know. original '88. God damn it! Show some respect. Put some respect on his name. I'll put some. I'll put as much <laughs> respect on his name as he got it. He got some respect on his name. He's in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, there but you still, go. good lord, what a fucking baby. <laughs> well, anyway, that's a, a slight side note, but um, it's been kind of a wacky week, Matt. It's been apeshit to say the Dude, least. It's been kind um, of a wacky week. Let me tell you, like Tuesday, all we did was sit around and like try not to freeze to death. That was a really <laughs> like frightening day. It was really weird when I woke up and it was three degrees outside and it was probably like. 42 in the house we couldn't like it was so cold in our house that none of our temp- none of our thermometers could figure out what temperature it was jesus christ it, it's been um really just i'll tell you what man i've never been happier to be a fucking loser that lives with his parents because if i had lived in an apartment building right now good lord have you seen some of the pictures of the apartments around dallas like just like nobody i mean look I get that people down here don't know how to prepare for, for bad weather, but it, um, it helps a little bit more if your landlord doesn't live in California. Nah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's so, like, there's a lot of the, or Colorado or wherever. I mean, your fucking management group for your building lives in Colorado, is it based out of Colorado, right? Correct. So like all these buildings like have people running them who don't live in the buildings or, or around the buildings. And so all of these, like all of the pipes, all, all the plumbing just got frozen and exploded. And people who otherwise did everything they could are like losing everything. Now, granted, like, thank God there's renter's insurance. Thank God lots of landlords require renter's insurance. Thank God for homeowner's insurance. Yeah. But like, like, man, to just lose... Like my parents have a friend whose home um I don't really know what happened, but their but their home burned down and they didn't get out with anything but the, the shoes on their feet and the clothes on their back. I mean, mm-hmm. just to lose literally everything. Yeah. I mean it's slightly it's slightly reminiscent of some of the really bad hurricanes we've had down on the Gulf Coast. Except oh, yeah. this is like affecting like 25 million, not 25 million. What am I talking about? Um, like the uh, power outages were 5 million people. Right. Right. Something like that. Which just bananas. Well, I mean, it went throughout the entire state. Yeah. I mean, they were, I, we've been, whenever we could get power, we'd watch the news and they were, they had all of these disasters listed on, um, we watched, we're a WFAA family. We're a channel A family. Um, and we, they, they had, they had them all list, like all these disasters listed, like Hurricane Harvey, the tornadoes up in Prestonwood and down 75 last year, um, you know, ranked in cost and damage. And the guy, like he went through all these, he goes, now what's the one thing that all of these have in common? They all only apply to one part of Texas. So you can move all of these down one in terms of damage and cost, because this event is going to be the event in Texas that is the most costly and damaging throughout the entire state, because 
<clears throat> like Hurricane Harvey didn't happen in Dallas or El Paso or Lubbock. Although mm-hmm. this didn't really happen in El Paso. I'll give El Paso that much credit. Hey. Hey, hey, and you know, I'll give, you know, for that note, give Beto credit because, you know, his constituents weren't affected. Yeah, his yeah, district. right. And I'm sure he had something to do with that decision, right? I doubt it. But um. <laughs> <laughs> but he but, did uh, set up uh, um, wellness checks for 150,000 elderly people in Texas. So Yeah, and it's interesting to me that he was able to do that, and yet he uh, isn't an elected official or an official at all in Texas. No, not at all. He's just kind of like a good guy. He's a, you know, he's like smoking weed down in San Marcos, talking political <laughs> science, it, it, you know, k- kicking back until it's time to kick into gear. Um, but, but the people that are in charge uh, are on flights to Mexico. Which oh yeah. Is odd to me, which is real. I think it's odd. And I think it's also odd that the defense of the people uh, leaving the state, the people, the person that left the state, the senator, uh, Ted Cruz, Raphael, Theodore Cruz, whatever his fucking middle name is. Is it Edward or Theodore? It's Edward. It I always thought it was Theodore, but I was wrong. <laughs> it's Edward. Uh, I was hoping it was Theodore because Theodore is just like way fucking dorkier. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, I love that like the main defense is what's Ted gonna do? I don't know, wellness checks, raise money, provide links to mutual aid groups. Sorry, my eyes permanently rolled into the back of my head when you said that. So here's here's the way I look at it. A lot of times when you're looking at people in a leadership position, I kind of think back to the examples that I've had in my life. And the main Uh one is, for me, is always going to be my dad. Sure. So my dad took an oath to serve our community when category four and five hurricanes were coming to the Gulf coast. Could he stop the hurricane? No. Could he go to your house and hold your house together with his bare hands? Maybe. Could he build dams to stop the city from flooding? Could he uh, hold the power lines to make sure that they didn't snap? So you didn't lose power. He could literally do none of that. Right. But when myself, my sister, my mom would evacuate, he stayed because he made an oath to our community. Yeah. Ted Cruz took an oath to the citizens of Texas. Right. And he completely and utterly failed. It's an absolute failure in leadership. It's a failure in moral character. It's a failure on every level. And it's not being a leader. It's not leadership. I don't want to hear any of the, well, what do you want him to do? Don't he deserve a dang old vacation? Fuck those motherfuckers. They're a bunch of moral, I can't think of words that aren't going to probably offend somebody if I say them. So I'll just reiterate failure. He's a rat. He's a worm. He's a worm. He's a a rat. He's less than. The other thing that really pisses me off (laughs) is, You know, this isn't going to stop me from talking about it, even though the point I'm going to make probably means I should. The thing that really pisses me off is that he is 100% taking this out of the Trump playbook. Yep. He has done something that is so egregious and morally um, repugnant and polarizing um, that what he has done is he has taken a humanitarian crisis and made it mostly about him good or bad (laughs) yep 
Because that was that's Trump's whole mo. I'm not going to wear a mask, even though they say I should. I'm not going to do it because I because I can choose not to. I'm the president. It's that, and that's exactly what Ted Cruz is. I'm not going to stick around for this. I could choose not to. Why wouldn't I make make the choice not to? And then a bunch of people that aren't disenfranchised in Texas and do have voting power and do feel represented are going to get ginned up and fired up and see the guy that goes to a resort and identify with that guy and think, mm-hmm. why didn't I think to do that? I could have done that. We should do that for the next time around. He's a good guy. He was just trying to get his par- his kids out of a crappy situation. They're going to agree with him. And it's, um, but we still need to talk about him because we need to highlight that that's what he's doing. He's just trying to make this about himself. Yeah. He, like, he doesn't give a shit about us. If he had given a shit about us, he, he, I mean, I don't know where Ted Cruz grew up. I know that it wasn't in Texas. He moved, he lived no, he all grew over up, the, he grew up, uh, he w- most notably went to high school in Katy, Texas. Okay. Oh, so he did grow up here in Texas. Yeah. And well, his mom's what the from fuck Texas. Is his problem? I did a bunch of research on old Canadian Ted last night. I did a deep dive. You know me. Um, yeah, he, he started in Canada and went, I guess, to Katy, Katy High School. You know who else went to Katy High School? Devin Finn. Oh, uh, oh no, it's <laughs> even worse. He didn't go to public high school. He went to oh. private Baptist high schools. Oh, which ones? Let's pull it up. Pull it up, Maddie. Pull it up. Ted pull it up, Maddie. Pull it up. Ted Cruz. Pull it up, Maddie. Pull it up. Ted Cruz. Oh, God. <laughs> he went to Baptist schools. Yo, there Let's was this Baptist see. school in Dallas that was so sketch. It's still there. It's downtown. I went to a, like a, 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 a science school there. I talked about it last time. Okay, so place. he attended two private high schools. First was Faith West Academy in Katy. Uh-huh. Okay. Second was uh, Second Baptist High School in Houston, where he graduated so as valedictorian in 1988. See, it's suspicious to me that he switched high schools midway through, especially private high schools. That's a that's a sus. That means sus you got expelled. Hell. That means you got. That means there was a conversation had. And he uh, was either asked to leave or they just determined it would be better if he left, which just makes me wonder what yeah. he did do. Well, when I look at Ted Cruz and read about his education, his upbringing and all that, it just goes to show that uh, what we in America value is completely wrong. Well, yeah. Americans, you value education and faith. Well, Ted Cruz is a super Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, cum laude, graduated cum laude from Princeton and magna cum laude from Harvard. He's yes. got all the things that on the surface you say, that's an American, and he is a moral failure of, of a human. So as well, Americans, we absolutely on. value the wrong things in the world. I don't think that those are the two things Americans value. That's pretty high on the list. That may be something that conservatives value or say that they value, but education, no way. They don't value, no, people don't value education in the United States of America. It's a barrier for entry into life. Yeah, but they don't, 
value it. I mean, look at public schools. If they, they valued value the teachers, they would it wouldn't be in the state that it's in. Well, public anyway. school, but public schools aren't for the they're not for the top of the social hierarchy. They're for middle management to below the line employees. I don't I don't think that that's true. There's lots uh, of different there's lots of different um people that go to public schools. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that different, Ted it, Cruz but, but is I wouldn't an, say that it's valued. I wouldn't say education is valued here. Ted Cruz is an example of all bad things about America. That's true. I'll agree with that. But but I would say that what what is valued above anything else in America is consumption and and, and production money. and money and um because you know you're always told that this is a free place you can do this is a free like we, we have freedom here but you only have freedom if if you have capital which is the definition of capitalism yeah so i mean i don't know i don't well, it's necessarily an ol- think- it's an oligarchy I don't necessarily think education. I mean, look at all like Bill Gates. He didn't finish his education. He's like the yeah. most powerful man in the. In, he's one of the most powerful men in the world. He's also a freaking maker. Have you seen what he's doing? Growing all these mushroom meats. Oh, Super I haven't weird. seen this. Oh my god, he's <laughs> he's he's hell bent on uh, climate change. That's his new gig. His his old gig was ending poverty but i think he realized that he can't end poverty and so now he wants to end uh the suffering within poverty which is um you know uh trying to affect climate change and 60 minutes of this whole like amazing profile on the things that he's working on right now and he's just like we can stop climate change i can stop climate change i know what to do and a big part of it a big 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 part of it is to stop eating meat or stop eating meat that involves the killing factory of farming. factory farming because uh, that's such an enormous detriment. And so now he's growing like yogurts and meats in pans and on like a massive scale with like the use of fungi and mushrooms. And it looks fucking gross. I bet it's um, in the early stages. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> well, the guy eating the, the the guy that ate the yogurt with him, he was like, "This tastes like yogurt. I'll give you that. This just tastes like yogurt." <laughs> but then they ate some of the meat, and he was like, "This this does not taste like meat. This tastes I don't know what it tastes like, but it's not meat." <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Speaking of climate change, I've got a tweet that I'd like to read to you. Oh, do it. Read me some tweets. Okay. At 5.44 p.m. Central Standard Time on September 8th, year of our Lord, 2016. Mm -hmm. At Ted Cruz tweeted, (laughs) and I quote, I'll believe in climate change when Texas freezes over. I saw that tweet. That's a good tweet. That's a very good tweet. He's dropping his phone, ladies and gentlemen. He just dropped his phone onto his sofa. <laughs> well, I don't want to break my phone. Oh, <laughs> um, man. He's such a fucking wreck. Then, then, then uh, uh, someone pointed out that he left his dog alone at his house. 
A, I, I, I would imagine that someone was going to drop by to check on the dog. Right. I mean, come on y'all. Um, and Hey, I don't, de- I don't debase. I don't what the word I'm looking for. I don't shit on the man for wanting to get his wife and kids out. If you have the means to get your family out of the bad situation, absolutely. We evacuated every hurricane, but dad stayed because he took a fucking oath. The also, kids and the wife can absolutely fly to Cancun, but you fucking stay. You fucking stay. What cracks you me ugly up is blobfish. They, what cracks me up is that they cross the border to go to, to find a better life. And they <laughs> don't see any of the irony involved with that. This motherfucker <laughs> who's out there building the wall and talking about the dangers of immigration literally crossed the border to find a better, more uh, life for his wife and children. It's amazing. Anyway, I was talking about his dog. His dog, you know what his dog is named? What? Snowflake. The dog's name is Snowflake, and it was wearing a scarf in the picture (laughs) that I saw. It's amazing. (laughs) This little dog dog with a scarf. What a fucking loser. (laughs) His dog's name is Snowflake. What also kills me is that some one so the New York Times um, re- leaked or released they didn't leak it they released it somebody else leaked it the the cruises um, group chat neighborhood group chat yeah where they they were outed as you know making the plans that they made you know and uh, that's just unbelievably hilarious to me that his neighbors hate him so much that they gave away like like i don't know imagine someone just leaked out the fatal four-way group chat that we're in oh buddy podcast be over we'd be in trouble (laughs) well i mean we'd still be doing the podcast but your um your other career would definitely be over oh yeah yeah (laughs) because i i mean i'm not gonna allow twitter to cancel me because that's how you survive a cancellation is you don't let them do it (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's very true but but uh there God are damn. certain jobs that we cannot work with that <laughs> kind yeah. of exposure <laughs> and, and um and so it's just kind of amazing to me that like uh he's just that much reviled and that much hated his own butt buddy Lin- Lindsey graham uh said in 2016 that uh if you were to murder ted cruz on the senate floor and hold the trial in the senate no one would convict you. It's amazing. <laughs> like, it's like, man, motherfuckers hate this dude. Oh, he's anyway. the most. So who's, I can't remember who said it. So he's like the most miserable son of a bitch he's ever met. I think it was John Cornyn, maybe. He, yeah. Yeah. It probably was John Cornyn. They don't like each other. They never, no. they don't, they don't look at each other. They're like, you know, when dogs don't like each other and they don't look at, at the other dog. That's what yeah. those two do. All the oh, time, Lord. every day that they're in, in the Senate together. And it's funny because they're, you know, they're on the same team, but they just fucking hate each other so much. So I want to take an opportunity here while we're still Please. on the topic of filthy Ted. Yeah. Dirty Ted. Um, dirty Ted. I want to read something that Matt sent me, actually. What I did. And this is the email that Matt sent to Ted Cruz 
Oh no, don't read that. Are you going to read this? Oh, this it's fucking comedy gold. Fuck you. I'm reading it. This is <laughs> hilarious. I showed this to Andrea and she cried. This is one of your better works of fucking life. Well, you should were I read it, it since, it's my, since it's my writing? This is, and we're going to read it? If you want to. Yeah, I'll read I've it. I've got it up already. Up. I have it up. Okay. I start. Okay, here I go. Raphael, you oiled up pig. You clogged grease strap. You five foot seven stack of cockroach butter. Your continued dereliction of duty calls for only one move. Your immediate resignation. There is a humanitarian crisis in the state that you serve uh, that's beyond a scale anyone has ever seen. Worse than any hurricane or tornado in history. And your immediate course of action is to flee the country to a resort on a beach to Cancun. Coward. Scum. Villain. Resign. Stay in Mexico. Guys. You can send messages like this to Ted Cruz on ResistBot. ResistBot. This episode of Mad on Mad Podcast is brought to you by ResistBot. It's it's not brought to you by ResistBot, <laughs> but that that I letter was, was brought to that letter was brought to to Ted Cruz by ResistBot, and someone and I and I have to assume that someone in his office at least had to read it. Hopefully, he read it. Also, don't at me about his height. I took off an inch because I know guys under six foot are sensitive about that sort of thing. That's why he wears cowboy boots. Yep. (laughs) With a riding heel, even though he's never ridden. I would love to see Ted Cruz on a horse. Can you imagine? (laughs) I want to see him get on the horse. It's not easy getting on a horse. I've done it. It's, It's hard. I would not do it now. I want to see, you know, the majestic steed horses and their, their perfect, you know, God made a perfect creature when he made a horse. That thing is solid muscle. It's built for performance. It's built for Uh speed. And I want to see one of the most imperfect creatures he ever created atop the perfect creature. I want to see the Canadian blobfish himself (laughs) set atop a majestic steed. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Canadian blobfish. This sounds like a wrestler. It sounds like one of those restaurant. (laughs) Pretty good restaurant, if I say so myself. Up in Seattle or like or in Victoria. What's it? I don't know. Let's go to the Uh, Canadian blobfish. Oh, I I thought you were saying a real restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it's a real restaurant, man. No, oh, cool. Let's do it. No, he sounds like one of those like 600 pound wrestlers that shouldn't be wearing tights, but is ladies and gentlemen from Saskatchewan. It's the Canadian blobfish. What's his signature move? Um, He jumps off the top rope and sits on your chest. Oh, wow. It's like top rope, butt to chest. Your legs go up in the air and the crowd ooze and ahs. So I don't want to make this entirely the Ted Cruz hour because, uh, like I said, he's doing that on purpose. And it's like you have to talk about him, but you also can't talk about him too much. It's a it's a dangerous balancing beam. It's a slippery slope because two people like us, I mean, it's really easy to just take massive dumps on a dude that we despise. Right. I mean, my (laughs) whole Twitter existence is dedicated to getting him to resign at this point. Um. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, so if you want to actually help uh, a senator, not a senator, what am I saying? I'm talking that's in the future, probably a representative uh, from the Bronx and Queens in New York. You might have heard of her. She's a young upstart, uh, Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Cortez? Ocasio. I think I think that's how you say her name. I, I don't. She's a new. She's younger. She's newer to the to the House of Representatives. I, I don't know if she's super famous or, you know, on her way to the presidency one day yet or not. But uh, she has started um, uh, some a relief campaign for Texans. Um, she's going to be flying to Texas today to meet with Sylvia Garcia and distribute supplies and help amplify needs and solutions. If you go to her Twitter account at AOC, um, again, I don't know if she's super famous or, you know, eloquent or incredibly hot. I want her to step on my throat. Um, but, uh, I do know that she has, uh, she has raised over $2 million, uh, that's going to five different organizations in Texas that give immediate direct mutual aid. So if you want to go to her Twitter, it's the first thing up there. She posted it 40 minutes ago as of this recording on the 19th at 11.40. So she posted it at noon Eastern Standard Time. Um, you can go donate to that and actually help out Texans. Again, this is a woman that doesn't represent Texas or really have a card in the game for Texas. She's just a representative and understands that she's a servant of the people of the United States and of the Constitution of the United States. So she's trying to help out as much as she can. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard. Good of luck, it. Alexandria. I don't know if you have a future in politics, but I'm glad that you're here doing this. I, I think I've heard of her. Um, somebody told me she uh, used to be a bartender. Yeah, when I and I used to be a bartender. So she and I should have that in common, and she should like take me on a date and talk about that. Um, <laughs> she also has a degree in economics from the University of Boston. Uh, very oh, much so. overlooked fact about her. That's a hard degree to get, I would imagine. Uh, University of Boston is a good school. That's where um, Mark Barron went. An economics degree is an economics degree is an economics degree. It's a bunch of math and a bunch of uh, pseudo bullshit because it's the economy. Um, but yeah, it's... <laughs> all right. So obviously we all know who AOC is. It's <laughs> just, I, I can't, I cannot stand the classism of people when it comes to talking about AOC. Like... I, it just befuddles me. It pisses me off to the nth fucking degree that they're like, oh, she was a bartender. I'm like, yeah, she's also highly educated. Yeah. She's also proven that she knows what she's talking about and can do the job and can talk. Okay. Right. Um, you don't have to have a JD from Harvard to be a member of the House of Representatives or a senator or the president for that matter. Right. And None could- of that shit matters. Yeah. You shouldn't need that. That shouldn't be your way in. No, absolutely should not be the way in. And I I just, it also speaks to the disconnection between generations that the fact that she had to get a job after college that wasn't immediately some fucking uh, Fortune 500 business job that, they think that that's like means she's a failure or she's less right. than or not right. uh, equal to. Right. Our generation was fucked over and left in the dust by right. the baby boomers, by Gen X. That's what fucking happened to us. We spent our 20s dirt fucking poor. Right. 
some people beyond that because there was nothing left for us. So when somebody graduates from college and has to get a job to pay their bills and you shit on them for that, you can go fuck your mother in her big fat fucking ass. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's people. what, What kills me is that, you know, people that I love and, you know, speak to talk about jobs like that as unskilled labor. And it's just like, just because you're on your feet does not mean you're not skilled. Do not like, I'm so sick of hearing that about low paying jobs, unskilled labor. Okay. If it's so unskilled, why don't you go work at Walmart? Yeah. Francine and see how (laughs) well you do. You know, like, like, like don't, or why don't you go wait tables at Chili's if it's so unskilled? Oh yeah. Go do Go try it. It's unskilled labor. That means that you, you don't have those skills because there are no skills to learn. So go do it. Just do it for a day. See how you feel. Go ahead. Knowing that your boss has invested $2 and 13 cents an hour into your life. And so, and that everything else is dependent upon the kindness of strangers, like your fucking Blanche Dubois, Dubois, just staggering through the South, like, like wondering, how am I going to survive? I don't have any skills. The fuck out of here. Eat my ass. I mean, there's something really to be said about that, about how they're, they're I mean, I will agree. Okay, back to your earlier point. I would say earlier in the 20th century, education absolutely led to like a job where you weren't on your feet all day. Mm-hmm. Well, that but was the whole goal of going to college. That would be because I've been reading this book about Lyndon Johnson and he didn't go to college initially. He graduated high school about when he was like 16. Even saying he graduated is a little bit loose. He, he finished <laughs> high school when he was about 16. Well, I mean, there wasn't a high school for him to really, not an accredited school for him to even attend. But, you know, everyone of the five people in his, or the six people in his class, five went to San Marcos and immediately out of their school. And mm. he was like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. And uh, b- because my dad's educated, he's broke as fuck. It's a lie. And so he's, and then he began working, um, building a road that his dad commissioned to be built between Johnson city and Austin and uh, immediately learned like, Oh, I need to go to college so that I don't ever have to do this again. This is terrible. You work from sun up to sun down for $2 a day. Good Lord. Um, but I, but like now that dynamic has shifted so much where an economics major from BU has to go uh, bartend the moment she gets back home from college. I mean, that's just, the world is different than it was, you know, 40 years ago even. And I also, I don't think that bartending is a bad job, especially if you're bartending in Manhattan. Like, yeah, you're going to make decent money. It's like, sure, I know you have like very negative PTSD thoughts about it because you hated the people that, you hated the place that you worked. Well, it's it's not even... Look, here's the deal. Bartending is not that great of a job. It is, it can be good, uh, but you do not get PTO. You do not get, uh, 
you know, there's you, there's no benefits to, to speak of unless you are at a very corporate uh, place. Yeah, um, in general, yes, but it's also a job, and like, but yeah, it's a job. There's a lot to be said about job. having a job, and it's, and it's definitely, definitely a skilled a, job. Yes, but like, I'm with you. But the the pretension comes from people that uh, that you know people just see they don't understand how you grad people that are older than us don't see how you graduate and then work on your feet. They literally yeah. don't get it. They literally just, and they think that them sitting down and they are doing big jobs. People that's working off. I mean, look, I don't know what people do in offices all day, but they're clearly getting moving money around and getting deals done. And there are skills involved with that, but good Lord, the ex- like, I just can't believe that you are, um, any more exhausted at the end of your five o'clock at the whenever at five o'clock when you're able to leave, you know, like, I just, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Well, here's the difference between boomers and millennials. Boomers will work 40, 50 years at a job that they hate with people that they hate with pay that they hate. Um, Millennials tried it out and said, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> right. Well, we were so, also told that we could do whatever we wanted to do. All mm-hmm. growing up, that's what we were told. I don't give yeah. a fuck what anybody says. That's what I was told. I know you were told the same thing. You yep. can do anything you want to do. That's what I was yep. told my whole life. And then I went and tried to do anything I want to do and and am ridiculed for it. Yeah, just but, lambasted. Like, oh, you believe that? It's like, yeah, I believed the adults around me when I was a child. It's not crazy. Yeah. Uh, fucking bullshit. Fucking bullshit. A bunch of assholes. I hate them all. Um, there's nothing um, positive about these people. So yeah, go to go to AOC's Twitter to see if you can give because she's doing more than any of the represent representatives uh, or any of the senators from Texas. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Oh, Lord. Is there anything else to talk about? I think that's about what we got this week. Um, oh, uh, the Texans cut J.J. Watt. That did happen. <laughs> that is, they're quickly shaping up to be the worst ownership group in the NFL, and that's a sad sack of motherfuckers. You got the Haslam's that own the Browns. You got the Ford family <laughs> that owns the fucking uh, uh, the Lions, the Hallis and McCaskies that own the Bears. I mean, we're talking I about you know all of this. The Mike Smith who owns the Bengals. Like we're talking about garbage business people and even worse football people. And the McNairs have entered the conversation for worst owners in the NFL. And I'm surprised you didn't list old Jerry up there. I guess he's technically a good owner. Jerry's act. Jerry's technically a phenomenal owner. Yeah, <laughs> he makes. I mean, if the the goal is to make money, right? And he just can't stop. I mean, that's the that's the <laughs> the real goal. We all. I mean, that's the real goal of everything. It's America. Right. I mean, I'm not. I know I'm joking. I know I've done the pretentious prick joking around shit with you, and you didn't like it. But I mean, let's be honest the real underlying goal of all efforts as an American is to make money. So from that sense, Jerry's intensely successful, but also, I mean, three Super Bowls early on, early on, early on. And I mean, he has built good teams. I don't, and there's just always something holding them back, 
I wonder what that something is. Let's, I mean, we're, we're saying that about Jerry, but when you really stack his track record up against these other people I'm talking about, he's, he's very good compared to them. I'll I'll concede. I'll concede. Uh, I just love shitting on Jerry Jones because it's so easy to. Well, yeah. I mean, it's punching up. Who doesn't want to, who doesn't like punching up? You know what I mean? (laughs) But you got like. My parents went to his house when it was being built. Oh, really? How cool is that? I love that. That's awesome. And my mom was just like, that place, it was nuts. Like, I I can't really say anything else. She's going to get mad. But like, but like, I don't know. I love that they both just like got to got to peek into what that fucking freak's life is like and let me tell you dude he's a fucking weirdo like oh, like, yeah. Not, like, like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like like what the fuck i love that that dude is just like sitting around highland park watching vod <laughs> what's on the what's on the video on demand today if he even does that uh, you know, he, I will say his singular dedication to the Dallas Cowboys is commendable, but it's also a singular dedication to his legacy, which. Oh yeah. Is rough. And he is in charge. The head coach is not in charge and that's an issue. Right. Um, that's the issue is really what it is, is that nobody's afraid of the head coach. Nobody's afraid of their coaches coaching them. So it doesn't really push the players. Mm, that's interesting. I've because, never really considered that. Yeah. I mean, well, it happened a few times during the 2019 season when um, Jason Garrett said in the press conference um, about certain players who were failing consistently, uh, the the phrase that, you know, you've heard the term coach speak, coach yeah. speak. Well, okay. coach speak for we're about to fire this motherfucker is the position will be evaluated. Oh, wow. Okay. It's happened three separate times in the 2019 season that in the postseason press conference, Jason said, yeah, this week we are going to go ahead and evaluate that position. And then five minutes later in the hallway outside the locker room, Jerry says, oh, I don't think there's any reason to do that. And then he's talking about Zeke, I imagine. No, he was talking about the kicker. He was talking about oh, okay. um, some secondary positions. This was 2019, not oh, 2020. Okay. 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 Um, Zeke's locked in. Zeke also was in a bad way because our offensive line was decimated this year. Bro. But um, no, it was talking about some different positions in 2019. So, I mean, it's just if you're the head coach, uh, Jerry's going to do his press conference right after you and negate what you said. And the players are going to look at him and be like, well, okay, well, who fucking knows? <laughs> but yeah. So, but back to the McNairs. So, Cal Tell me McNair, about these McNairs. Cal McNair, the son of Robert McNair, who was Bob McNair, the, the founder of the Houston Texans. Um, Robert McNair, Bob McNair, who actually, uh, when Black Lives Matter was just starting with the Kaepernick kneeling situation. Oh, boy. Here we go. While black people were protesting police brutality Uh and and in turn, the over-imprisonment of black men in America, 
due to the 80s and 90s crime bills. Um, While that protest was happening, Rob, Bob McNair just used an unfortunate string of words (laughs) where he said, we, the owners have to control the narrative. Oh, he was that guy. He said, I remember that. He said, we cannot allow the inmates to run the asylum. Yikes, bro. Don't, don't, you're not an owner. I mean, you're an owner, but you can't call yourself an owner. Yeah, like, just relax, chief. That, on top of bad hiring decisions, uh, really piss-poor GM hiring decisions. The Texans have never had a good GM. They had players that performed beyond their capacity of the coaching that they had. Um, But now recently, I mean, letting Bill O'Brien take over your entire franchise and having him trade away one of the best receivers in the game when y'all are just now becoming a a contender for a running back with an inflated contract who hasn't been good in three years. And then you fire him. You hire some jag off front office guy from new England who then is now cutting JJ Watt and might trade Deshaun Watson. It's like, you guys are fucked and you don't have any fucking draft picks because Bill O'Brien brought in a fucking offensive tackle and gave away all their draft picks for him. Like, Worst, the worst fucking ownership group in the NFL up there with the McCaskies and the Haslam's and the Smith's and the Ford's trash. I, I just had to say, I had to get it off my chest. Cause where do you, where do you think JJ's going to go? Or do you think he's done? Oh, he's definitely not done. Um, there's a few contenders. I mean, obviously off the top of everybody's head, they say, Oh, well, he could go to Tampa. Yeah. But and this and this is going to sound controversial, but it's really not. When you look at the football facts, they don't need him in Tampa. That's what I was just about to say that they don't need JJ Watt. That defense got, was that defense was scaring me. And I, <laughs> when I watched them in the Super Bowl, I was like, "This is these guys are are scary." <laughs> yeah, they got JPP and Shaq Barrett. Like they're fine yeah. on rush ends, right? Um, I've heard there's talk of Buffalo. Him going to Buffalo could be fucking fantastic for Buffalo, and that could yeah. be, that could be a really really good fit. There was talk of him going to Green Bay. Um, which be, is his if home he did state. that, uh, all all good, all any sort of good feelings I've had about that guy will be gone if he goes to Green Bay. Oh, they're dead immediately. He's immediately <laughs> trashed to me. Uh, all that money he raised for Harvey in Houston, uh, give it back. Gone. We don't want give it. it back. <laughs> I'll just you sit in to, the water. You went to work with Aaron Rodgers, eat <laughs> balls. <laughs> the only the man thing I decided see- I hate for no reason other than that he claims to have been visited by aliens with his brother in New Jersey, which is real. And you can go listen to it on his episode of You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. And I will never not mention that when I bring up Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Also a, a smug fuck boy who uh, can suck my dick for the times he beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. Des caught it. Des caught it. Des caught it. Hashtag. The only thing that could make me hate J.J. Watt more is, like, if he went to Green Bay, I'll hate him. The yeah. only thing that could make me hate him more is if he went to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because fuck Eagles. I, I mean, fuck the Eagles, but I do um, kind of have a, a love for just how awful 
the fans are in Philadelphia. Like, I mean, truly just garbage, and I admire that. I mean, whenever they won the Super Bowl, that guy picked up a horse turd and, it, and ate it. Yeah. And, like, dudes were jumping off buildings through hotel awnings, like, <laughs> eating shit, like, punching babies. Shit. Literally eating shit. Like, I, I, I can't get over it. I love, like, every time I think, like, Always sunny in Philadelphia is is not that's not what people are like in Philly. Nope, that's one thousand percent what they're like. <laughs> Rob McElhenney, I forget how to say his name. All of a sudden, McElhenney, Ma- McElhenney, totally nailed it on the head. He's from Philly. He loves Philly because they're such pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's awesome. That's oh, fucking hilarious. Um... Uh, yeah, dude, the fucking the Philly fans are just terrible. They throw batteries I mean, at people. Well, funny thing about it is I always judged the whole city by their sports fans and always thought Philly is a terrible place. I'll never want to go to Philly. I went, I've been to Philly three times. It's fucking dude, great. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. Such a great <laughs> town. I've had so much fun in Philadelphia. It's crazy. Hell yeah. I suggest anybody out there listening, go to Philly. It's awesome. Yeah, if particularly if you want to like go experience the Northeast. Yes, go to and Philly. Do it, if you want to experience the Northeast and not spend a shitload of money. Yeah, because Philly's sure. pretty cheap, dude. Yeah, and it's got all this amazing sightseeing. It's where you know it's where America, the United States, was like founded. Yeah, as we know it, and uh, it's so it's got all this amazing history, kind of like Boston and New York does, but um, but it's not as fucking ridiculous as those cities, like you said, in terms of pricing and just you know, New York and Boston are just kind of absurd in yeah. a lot of ways. That Philly and I mean, is absurd, and and that being said, Philly's absurd in ways that you know nobody else is absurd, <laughs> like we just said. Yes. Eating poop, eating horse poop. That's something that people do up there. Oh my god, I I love the town. I mean, if there it's were any, great. if it were any other type of fucking life that I want for myself, I would live in Philly. No, really, I would live that in Philly. Good? Yeah, right. Philly's a great town. Philly's a really great town. There's a very small list of cities other than New York and L.A. that I'd want to live in. Of course, it would be career change looking at a different type of life. If I was a bajillionaire, I would live in uh, Pacific Northwest, Seattle area. Seattle's dope. I've never been, so I can't say that I would, but I believe it's you. fucking awesome. Yeah. The only, uh, uh, and, that's, and that's, the caveat is, bajillionaire, like, don't need to worry about anything ever. I would totally be up there. Yeah, but I like right, I wouldn't move there now or anything just because I have a feeling as a poor it sucks. Probably, Bas- basically, that's what I've heard. Not even like if you're just like middle class in Seattle, that's yeah. being a poor in Seattle. And so yeah. it's kind of like <laughs> I've heard I've heard not great things about the culture there. Although I have heard Bill Gates tips very well. There you go. I would say. If I were looking to kind of change my what I want to do with my career, um, which I mean is a thought that I've been having extensively during COVID, 
Um, places I would want to live out aside from New York and LA in America. I mean, obviously there's places in Texas that I could live. I probably wouldn't be happy about it initially, but eventually I would be obviously Houston and Dallas. Duh. Yeah. Um, but other than that, Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Sure. Nashville, Tennessee. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia. Yeah. And that's probably it. There's some weird, there's some weird part of me that thinks it might be cool to like live in Las Vegas and work in some sort of like entertainment management type thing, but also like like Steve Sharippa. Yeah. Like Steve Sharippa used to like, he was the comedy booker at the Mirage for like 25 years before he got on the Sopranos. Like, that's dope. That's fucking cool. <laughs> Obviously, becoming the comedy booker at a hotel is not easy. But like, if yeah. you were able to get into some sort of like entertainment management job and live yeah. in Vegas and have access to all that kind of stuff that would come along with that job in that town, that would be sick, right? Yeah, you know, you know, you know, we shit on this state a lot, or just like the Twitter does a lot. I would fuck around with Florida, man. My opinions changed on Florida. I I could do I could live in certain parts of it. I mean, you got the same kind of asshole that I'm dealing with down here in Texas living in Florida. And the same type of asshole you deal with living in New York. Yeah. It's like the yeah, two places. It's sort two of. places. Yeah. Miami uh, is New York. Oh, I see Florida. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of New Yorkers go down to Florida. You're totally yeah. right. <laughs> so so it's like I recognize both of the assholes that it has. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. That's a really hilarious point you just made. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like if you and I lived on the beach together. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got the beach. Yeah, it's like there's the beach and it's fucking nice. My cousins are going to med school in Florida and it looks like they're having a fucking blast. Yeah, I mean, they're in med school, so they're not having that much fun. But they, you know, whenever they need to take 15 minutes to go on a walk or something, it's on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's uh, Miami is is a weird fucking place, but it is one of those places that like either it or one of the surrounding areas like you can just live. Oh, dude, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't fuck with Miami. I would fuck with like like uh like I mean Tampa absolutely but Dude, then also I've never... Fort Lauderdale is, is yeah. where a lot of my family is uh, based out of right now and, and like that... that's close enough to Miami that you could still do Miami shit right right you if you needed to like if you or if you wanted to go to Miami you could get there pretty easily it's yeah. not like it's a huge state it's not like Texas everything i've been seeing in Tampa obviously i mean we're just going to leave COVID out of this for this right. conversation. We're talking, we're, we're fantasizing in a world without, without COVID. Yeah. And everything I saw in Tampa during Super Bowl week, it does, I mean, looks cool. Looks nice. <laughs> Might looks not nice. be, but. <laughs> looks, looks like, it looks a lot like Houston, Texas. Yeah. Honestly. But actually on the water, not 30 yeah, miles yeah, but, from the water. <laughs> right, right. I guess I was thinking of Galveston. It looks like if Galveston, like, was a grown-up. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I'll take that. <laughs> As a native of there, I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, Galveston is a place that takes itself very, very seriously. And you're right. It's not an adult. It never grew up. It like Savannah, up. Georgia is what Galveston always wanted to be. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I like Galveston, but it's just, uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, I like Galveston too, but you know, what are you going to do? If you're not a doctor or a lawyer, you're making like 40 grand. Sure. Um, Which is a lot of Texas towns that aren't major cities. That's pretty much, you know. Yeah, that's the deal. What, what I see in Gal, I saw, man, you want to talk about a place that was hit by this. Because the other thing about Galveston is that there's lots of trailer living and um, and RV parks and shit. And I saw photos of that this week. Mm. And it just looks so fucking miserable. All these frozen, like, igloo-looking, like, trailers next to the fucking Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, they're all out on the west end of the island. There's, like, three or four Uh, significantly-sized trailer parks down on the west end. And you're right. They're, I'm just, I'm saying, you're right. They're absolutely right on the fucking water. They're right on the water. And I can just imagine how unbelievably miserable that would be good god i mean at least maybe they're like propane powered maybe yeah i have no idea we were at one point in a in in our in our frozen um sort of delirium up here in dallas my parents have a trailer that they take camping that's right right? and i was kind of like you know, no heat in the house. I was kind of like, yo, let's go get that fucking trailer and hook the propane tanks up to it and get some heat up in this MF. Doesn't work that way, apparently. <laughs> all trailers. Their trailer needs electricity. It does have propane, but it needs electricity also in order for it to completely work. So what wouldn't have been worth all the effort, trouble to get it, but Man, it was looking good there for a second. <laughs> I want to pop in. I'm sorry. I know we changed subjects from politics, no, but I just got an me. I just got an update. We're over an hour, by the way, so we're almost done with this special edition uh, sure. snow apocalypse bruising cruising for a bruising episode uh-huh. of uh, Matt on Matt podcast. But um, Andrew Cuomo is no longer hardlining on shutting down because all of his scandals are coming out. So he's trying to make people happy now. Whoa, fuck Uh, him. He's another one. Indoor dining is capacity limits increased to 35% next Friday. He is no longer Mr. Stay at home. He's no longer you're wrong. I'm right. He is now whatever you guys want. You can have it. Please just don't, don't kill me. Yeah. Don't, don't make, <laughs> don't, don't you just vote for me. Remember to vote for me. Even though I've rigged <laughs> these elections for decades, please remember to vote for me. The political dynasty is dead. It died. In a I don't know that he's rigged elections. Parody parody. I don't know that he rigged elections. I'm just saying the Cuomo political dynasty is dead. It died in a nursing home in April and he lied about it. Dude, he did. <laughs> One thing that this COVID, I don't know. 
I'm so tired. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I almost this, said because it, it's hard to it's hard to even talk about this sort of thing anymore because I hate like I hate the argument of both parties are the same, right? Mm-hmm. I fucking hate hearing that, especially because now it's like no, they're not. They really aren't. Both parties. There's one party that's fascist and crazy, and you know, and harbors terrorism and then there's the democrats who don't necessarily who aren't necessarily that bad no but then andrew cuomo one of the top democrats in the nation comes out it is revealed that he is lying for political gain and it's just like you know you're making it real hard for me to get mad when people say both parties are the same andrew cuomo yeah. And I mean, you know, there's a litany of shitty Dems, but they're all of the older generation. And right. that's, I mean, really, that's what's alarming to me about the Republicans is that there's the younger generation is ext- is extreme bullshit GOP. Like Madison Cawthorn and Matt Gates and all these people that are Josh like in their Holly. 30s. Yeah, and they're in their 30s and they're like fascists. Right, right. In in lunatics. Like Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one thing um it, it it come it came from Ted Cruz's thing with the Tea Party. Mhm. See, there was the Bush family and they were kind of they kind of ran things after picking up the you know the pieces after picking up the the scepter or the or the baton from the reagans the bush family very much took over for the conservative party but that was just an end for them to gain power mm-hmm. you know they all they wanted was power they just wanted to be involved george bush senior was not pro life until he ran for president barbara bush was very much pro-choice, very vocal about how she was, you know, politically pro-choice. The point I'm getting to is that this old guard of Republican didn't really believe in all of the weird moral grandstanding that comes along with Republicanism, but they were happy to do it in front of cameras, right? Yeah. But what they didn't realize they were doing was raising a generation of people that really believed in that sort of shit. Yeah. And now that's those fucking daisies are poking their ugly heads out of the snow. And it's like, oh my God, Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't think Parkland shooting happened and is and is on an educational board while bullying victims of school shootings. Yeah, that's because of the moral actors. grandstanding that the Republican Party did for years and years that really didn't have anything to do with what they with their main goals. Their main goals were deregulation and stacking of money. That's yes. their main goal. Yes, absolutely. Like, that's always that was, this shit. Yeah, but then everyone else like believed in that, but then or all their children rather believed in that plus, you know, abortion is killing babies. Uh there's a cabal of Jewish people in San Francisco that worship owls. There's, you know, Hugh is here to save us, and Donald Trump is the savior. Like, 
I mean, when you put it all in one sentence, you're starting to make me think they're crazy. It, but then, but then Andrew Cuomo goes and lies about what's going on inside of nursing homes during COVID, which is a completely like to criticize him for that. It's completely legitimate to call for his resignation. In my opinion, is completely legitimate. Yes, it's repugnant behavior, and it's, it's and it was all for political gain. I remember mm-hmm. whenever that was going on over the summer, and anytime nursing homes were bought were brought up, he would shout reporters down. And you know, people like I don't I don't want to throw people that I love under the bus, but people that people that I know know better were watching him going, you see how he's such a good leader? And I was just scratching my head, like, I mean, kind of, not really. He just shouted that reporter down because they asked the yeah. question. I mean, I remember when I was in Texas and my more like liberal friends and family members. We're like, man, y'all got a great governor up there. And like, right. I would just kind of like go, uh huh, and like kind of hang yeah. my head. Cause right. like, did I all, did I ever think he was great or a great guy? No. Did no. I think initially his response to COVID was better than the president's? Absolutely. Uh huh. And then all this shit started. And I didn't know the nursing home stuff. It, it, it was only ever reported by, uh, traditional right-wing media so it was like well, okay well you know yeah, until I, I see proof of it what am i going to do with this information right you know it's the same as if cnn says something you know what i mean yeah i don't listen to cnn i don't i don't ever cite cnn whenever i'm looking ever. for a real source that is such a fucking hilarious thing that like uh conservatives do it's like oh you should stop watching cnn i'm like well you should stop watching fox news and newsmax dick i don't watch any of that shit right okay <laughs> like you know, you know, my favorite news sources are local news source, local news, local news and Politico. Political AP is really good. The New York Times, even though they are what they are like, right. they still typically don't print things without, um, you know, voracious verification. Yeah, that's the title for you. No, voracious um, verification. But uh, to be like to to finish up my thought, yeah, it's sorry. just. Oh, and as though it's all good, I sidetracked myself. <laughs> when people were like, hell yeah, man, Cuomo, the love gov. I'm like, guys, y'all should really, y'all should really lay off on praising this guy too much. Cause I mean, just wait, <laughs> none Give of him. my friends can pay their bills. Right. Right. <laughs> like, like he's not doing anything to protect renters at all. That was my big thing forever was just like, you know, what, what are my friends going to do? Yeah. Like they're not going to help us, but they're also not going to let us make money. Like, so that was my thing with him for forever. And then when I find out he's covering up the number of actively covered up the number of deaths in nursing homes, and he sent people to nursing homes as opposed to the field hospitals and the USS comfort, because those were set up by the federal government and he didn't want to give Trump any edge or anything. Jeez. It was all political posturing, which we accused the fucking Republicans of doing with COVID. And then we fucking did the same exact thing. I say we, like I made the decision. He did the exact same thing. And it's like, oh, well, there you have it. Right. So uh, optimistic podcast today. Um, (laughs) 
this was a special edition. This was a special edition, a catch up. Matt just came out of the frontier days. He just came out of the wilderness and we wanted to get these thoughts down on tape. Um, next episode, maybe next week or so, will be more traditional Matt on Matt with some segments and some segments. some recommendsies and some don't at me's because this was basically I, one long don't at me. Yeah, uh, yes. And don't <laughs> at me, Snow. Don't, don't at, at me, me, Snow. Don't at me, Governor Meatball. <laughs> don't at me, Greg, Greg Abbott. Don't, <laughs> don't at, at me, Ted Cruz. <laughs> you fucking... He's a shit. Don't at me, Ted Cruz's daughters. He made them part of the narrative. Bro, he brought them up. He threw them right under that bus. Oh, yeah. Big I time. love how he goes. So there's a video of him explaining himself to, to reporters. And I urge everyone to go to go uh, watch it because he, you know, he's doing his Ted thing where he talks <laughs> and he sounds all of a sudden like the choir director at uh for your youth group and he's telling you uh i was just trying to be a dad you know i was just trying to help my daughters and get them through this awful week but in the background you can hear protesters just going resign 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 <laughs> like trying to shout over these people that are screaming at him it's it's really just much yes love it <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Love it. I love that people drove out to Ted Cruz's house to do that. <laughs> Good gravy. Anyway. Well, I think that's it for me, man. I gotta I gotta take yeah, the dog to the vet. <laughs> oh no, Bruce. Oh, it's just his annual. Okay, finger up the butt sort of thing. No, um, it's been scheduled for like a month, so gotta go. Gotta do it. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for checking in with us, y'all. Shout out to Harlan Short. Shout out to the Hillmans. We've been getting y'all's uh, messages, and it means a lot. Um, Absolutely. Well, everyone stay, a lot, guys. Uh, stay warm. Stay safe. Uh, if you, I don't know what the water situation is. I know in DFW, I think our water generally is good, except for Mesquite, Texas. Pay attention. Follow your keep local an eye news out on for, Twitter for boil directives. Boil water directives um, can keep you from getting the shits. We're going to be out of this on Sunday. It'll be 60 degrees and we'll all be drinking margaritas on the porch. <laughs> Talking about y'all remember last year when it froze. Oh, wait, that was <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Love you. Bye.